to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, in this episode, I have a discussion with an American patriot who is a mother and a school teacher in New Mexico. We discuss the events of 2020, their time as a school teacher even back then, what has occurred since, what is occurring now, and where things may go in the future. So certainly hang on for this episode, share this one where you can. And again, as a personal favor to them, as they even stated to me in their email to me initially, don't forget about New Mexico, because they are a state in the United States too, and they said a lot of people forget about New Mexico, but we are not forgetting about New Mexico. So without further ado, here's our discussion. I wanted to thank her again for sharing her experiences and her time, and I hope to have her back in the future. So, um, well, I'm born and raised New Mexican, and I attended undergraduate in Colorado at a pretty small school, a Division II school, um, Adams State University, and my bachelor's was in uh, interdisciplinary studies, and my license is K through 8. And I started off, I moved back home, I taught for a year, fifth and sixth grade, and then we got married and I moved, we moved down here um, to where we're living now in southeast New Mexico, and I started off teaching first grade, and I taught first grade for four years, and then I switched schools, and now I'm teaching third grade. And I'll have my master's in education uh, with an emphasis in gifted education pedagogy in spring. Okay. Give us an idea as to how long you've been teaching. This is my ninth year teaching. I would, I would, I guess I would start right about here. I would say do what you can to sort of jump in the time machine and let's go back to March of 2020. And even, even frankly, before then, and kind of describe, if you can, within the school building where you were working, what was going on before March of 2020, and then just kind of jump right into March of 2020, if you can. Okay, if I can remember before March of 2020. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, March of, before that, it was a normal school year. We had, we were going on spring break. On March 13th was the first day of our spring break, and we, I remember hearing on the news that the word pandemic, that's when I first heard the word, and then the, we kind of just watched the news, and then um, it was about a couple weeks later when we got the announcement that we were going to be it's hard for me to remember, to be honest, but I, I do remember it was April of 2020 when, when the governor announced that we would not be returning to school at all in, for the 2020 school year. And at that point, we had been out of school um, a few weeks already. And I remember just feeling heartbroken I just, I didn't understand what was going on, and I knew that there was a lot of kids, students, who 
needed at school. And I knew that there was a lot of, a lot of abuse gets reported when kids are at school. And I knew that that wasn't going to be happening anymore. And I know that just going to school is something that a lot of kids need as far as structure, as far as safety, as far as just those Maslow's needs. Um, and I knew that they weren't going to be getting that. So it was April. So that was, and then we had heard of the, of course, everybody, it was kind of new. We still weren't sure what was going on, but, um, I think it was in the, in the summer when our governor, you know, we had, she had renewed these health orders once a month when constitutionally she can only do them, um, every just once. So every 30 days she would renew it. She would tell us stay home and people were doing it. I mean, I just, I remember my youngest son was born June of 2020 and I just remember being home. You know, it's weird because in a way it was a blessing. I got to spend time with my older son before my youngest son was born. Just those two extra months that I that I stayed home. But um, I just remember people hear the panic buying. Toilet paper. I mean, I looked for toilet paper on Amazon. I looked for toilet paper. You couldn't find it anywhere. And, like, what was the purpose of that? There wasn't really a purpose. So, August rolls around, August 2020. Just real quick, just to interrupt, I'm so sorry. Just to interrupt very quick, uh, again, what's the name of the governor of New Mexico? Um, New Mexico's governor is Michelle Lujan Grisham. We, she's known as MLG, and she has a few nicknames. Wuhan Luhan is my particular favorite. Nice. And uh, so that's that's what we call her, um, MLG. It's just easier to say. And so August 2020 rolls around, or August 2020 rolls around, and we were supposed to go back to school. And she she continues to have these mandates, the mask mandates, the stay home mandates. You know, we got the basic shutdowns, um, and so in August, kindergarten through second grade was allowed to come back for two half days a week, starting like in August when the first day of school started. Everybody else is teaching, quote unquote, virtually, and we, our district used Microsoft Teams to make our uh, virtual meetings. So for a good month, I sat in an empty classroom. I took my baby, my newborn, basically, and my oldest three-year-old to a babysitter every day and sat in an empty classroom and had mm, two meetings a day. I would have a reading meeting and a math meeting. And in September, a third grade started to come back in pods of five. And special needs students, of course, got to come back um, every day. And so after that, it was K through three and special needs students only allowed 
five days or five days a week or two, excuse me, two half days a week. And then finally in April of 2021, everybody, so K through 12, um, got to return for full, I hate the word in-person learning, but that's what, that's what it was. So by then there had been two classes of seniors that had basically missed, well, one class that had missed a whole year pretty much. And then that other class that had, they didn't really get to graduate like you would want. So just d- describe the online environment again, one more time. Cause again, you mentioned that you had two particular sessions online. So even though you were teaching elementary, um, were you aware of what middle school and high school teachers were doing? Because one of the, one of the really odd things that I've commented on in the past is how you had, depending on the district, of course, and depending on the state and whatever else, I mean, you had you had school teachers um, online on Zoom calls or Google Meets or Microsoft or whatever platform they were using for six to seven hours a day in front of a screen, you know, teaching their classes over a, over a webcam. I mean, is that something that, that your district was doing or that you were doing? No, we, we did not do that at all. Um, my principal wanted us to show up as if, as to try to make it as realistic as possible, which is why we were there every day. I, I do believe it was up to the, the administration and each individual school. So, um, so I was there all day. And like I said, I, I, I mean, each teacher kind of did their own thing as far as how many meetings or what subjects they taught over the meetings and you know you had the parents sitting there following along doing the work for them and then secondary I can't speak to secondary a whole lot but I do know some secondary teachers who were on vacation at this time and that some elementary some of my other colleagues in elementary school kind of felt like it wasn't fair to us to have to be there every day when these other teachers are out um, doing whatever they please and sitting on the couch. I mean, I, I hate to kind of be divisive against elementary versus secondary, but it there was a lot of teachers that I think took advantage of it and so I'm not sure as far I do know that they weren't using the same program well they were using the same program but they they were using it was my understanding is basically like the teacher gets on a meeting and then they give you like the syllabus or they give you the agenda for the day and it's you go to this you use this program as a secondary student and um, it teaches for you. So it was kind of like as a secondary teacher, I can log in in the morning first thing and here's your assignments for the day and good luck. Whereas elementary, we were really having to, to be honest, work our butts off and try to get these kids some sort of 
education as much as as much as we could. So, yeah, it, it's got a, it, it's certainly a difficult task in an online environment to get you know to teach students how to read. Right. Yeah, I mean, trying to teach the the distributive property of multiplication was, you know, it's ridiculous anyways to an eight-year-old, but to do it over the internet is just beyond ridiculous. But no, we weren't sitting in front of my, I mean, our students weren't sitting in front of a computer all day. Most of my students would turn in their assignments by 10, 11 o'clock and they'd be done, which is similar to a homeschool setting. Right. And so I think some kids really thrive, but most didn't. In August of 2020, the whole state and was was totally online. Um, and then it was left up to the district. She, uh, Grisham gave the districts kind of like a, I don't know, deadline. I don't know if that's the right word. But you must open fully in person by this date. So our district chose April, I don't know, for the first week of April, I think it was, of 2021. So, I mean, every single school district, and this is one of those weird things, too, which boggles my mind, and it continues to just screw me up, is that every single local school district seems to just keep following what the governor says no matter what, forgetting that they are individual, localized elected officials, and they can theoretically do whatever they want. So, was it every school district that was just listening to the governor and saying, we must do what she says? I, as far as I know, yes, in 2020, there, um, everybody, yes, was bowing down to what she had said, and, which, I don't understand why, like, to me, my whole, the whole time I I was thinking, well, it has to do with the money, they don't want to lose the money, they don't want to lose the, the federal, the state, I don't know, but I don't, it wasn't until this fall, August 2021, when when our district and when other districts have really started to fight back. And I think there has there just was some, you know, the mask mandate. the The jab has not been required, but it's it's. If you're not jabbed as a state employee, you have to take a weekly test. And at, at one point, I know in my district, there was talk of not segregating, but t- secondary teachers were given a list, a color-coded list of students who had received the jab and students who had not received the jab. And I think at I think that was the tipping point where parents finally started to wake up and realize, wait a minute, this is not okay. Um, But up until now, like September, all the districts have been going along with just what she has said. Now there's been counties and cities that have fought back. And of course she's always, you know, the, well, if you, do this, or if you open, or if you uh, disobey my orders, you will be fined. Um, there was one. There was one uh, county. No, it was a, a mayor 
he, uh, and I, I think it was, I can't remember exactly. So everything kind of jumbles together, but he had said no. And, and she, she, she gave him a fine and he, she fined him. And, um, I'm not sure how that, but I, he was, I just remember, um, him kind of being one of the only ones that I have heard of, you know, and I'm, I'm like, why are these other counties and why are these, why are these places not standing up like this guy is? I, I, I still don't quite understand. Let me, let, let, let me hit on a couple of, of points too, and, and then get your, your educator perspective on these as well. Cause as you might imagine, the, this has been, um, remarkably traumatic for everybody involved because of the lying. And unfortunately, so many people believe what's happening is, is happening because of some disease and some, you know, and, and some, uh, super contagious, super deadly thing. Um, when in fact it's, it's mind control and child abuse and a thousand other things. And I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but do me a favor and, and talk from your professional perspective about the mask wearing. And when when you saw that, when you first started to see that, and, and what you thought about that when you first started to see it. Oh, gosh. Um, when did that first pop up? Well, I guess it had to be August of 2020 when or September of 2020 when third graders started coming back, uh, for in the pods, I, now you want to know like what kind of my perspective on other parents or the students or like the district, all of it, but start with you first. Well, I knew that they, I knew that it, it's bogus. And I, I even had some students in my class, last year last year's third graders say oh well this doesn't even work the virus can can sneak through your you know fab or whatever he was wearing at the time this this these masks are are dumb they're pointless that's not going to stop a virus i had some students saying that like nine-year-olds um and so there was there's it's funny you can tell like for a person that's awake like myself, you can tell the parents that are not, and you can tell the parents that are by if they if the child says something like, "Oh, my mom wants me to keep this mask on," or I even had some um, who would wipe down her desk and get we call it germ squirt, but hand sanitizer um, after we she touched everything. Just, and then a lot of, I live in a very, very conservative county, like 75% of us voted for Donald Trump in 2020. I mean, that's a fact. So there's, there's, there's a lot of, and we do have those who, like I said, um, I heard a little boy tell his sister the other day, keep your mask on. So, I mean, a second grader, 
So it's just, it's like everywhere else. There's, I, I just, I feel like it's child abuse and I can't, I I can't look, I can't, I don't, in my own classroom, I tell my students that it's optional. Um, I don't wear mine. I don't wear it in the hallway. I don't elaborate on it. I just say, you can wear it if you want to. You don't have to. But there are other teachers who are very, oh, you need to have it on. Oh, you need to have it on when you come to my class. Oh, you need, it needs to be over your nose. Oh, where's your mask? I mean, and I, and I think it depends on the, the building as well. Because I, I, I did an interview in April at a different school and they were very, I mean, they, there was three women who interviewed me and we interviewed in the cafeteria. Every single one of them was wearing a mask and they all were socially distanced. The principal had a sign outside of her door that said, please knock so that I know you're here so that I can put my mask on. Good God. Yeah. And I, and I'm like, well, maybe I don't want to work here. And I, I mean, I didn't get the job. So I think God was kind of looking at me for, for me that way, but no joke. I, I just, the thing that, that's the thing that gets me is the mask wearing. I, it's child abuse. These kids, I have children complain every day about a headache, a stomach ache. My throat hurts. I mean, what are the other, and I, I, I'm at the point to where I'm looking for, to be it, looking to get out because I'm, I'm tired of people saying somebody today at lunch said, I just want things to be back to normal. And I said, I hate to tell you this, but it's not going back to normal. The masks are never going away. The testing is never going away. These kids are going to continue to be getting abused and people are just going along with it like it's normal and I can't do it anymore. Have you ha- have you seen it? I mean, you, you mentioned, of course, that a, a number of students are wise to what's going on. And that's always one of the glories of, of when I taught school is that I would interact with so many students who would look at me and they'd just say, Mr. Brooks, we know this is bullshit. You know, regardless of what it was and what was going on, whether it was something with another teacher or an administrator or a policy or what have you. And I'm certain that if I was still a school teacher today, almost all of my students would come into my room and go, Mr. Brooks, this is all bullshit. And I'd say, yes, it is. Regarding, and and the reason I bring that up is because regarding the other individuals that you work around, and you've touched on this already, but of the individuals that you work around now, you you said that you're, you're one of the only ones that doesn't wear a mask. I mean, do you communicate with the other people in your building? Are are they, you know, how do they treat you in the working environment? Um, pretty normal. And I hate to say the word normal, but nobody, I mean, my, my principal has never even said, oh, you need to put your mask on. Where's your mask? Um, and I walk, he sees me all the time. He'll come in my room. Um, and I never have it on. And my kids, I mean, I do have a few. I think it's, 
I, I have, in my classroom now, I have two that wear it all day. And that, you know, that's their choice. That's their parents' choice. But nobody ever says anything. There are at least four that I know. And I'm at a small school. I mean, pretty small. We have almost 400 students. <clears throat> I feel like that's small. Um, there's three teachers per grade level. But there's, I know at least four of us, four teachers or staff members who have gotten the jack. Um, but most of us are having to do that weekly testing, which, um, by the way, I have not been doing and I have not received an email. I have not received, why are you not taking your test? Um, he did come in my room yesterday. Well, he came into everybody's room who's supposed to, who's required to be doing it because I may have said this before state employees are required to do it or get the job. Um, he came in yesterday wanting to know, the superintendent was wanting to know how we were going to take our test this week. Because we, it's been, you can either go to the Department of Health, schedule an appointment, and you sit in a very long line, and the National Guard comes out wearing, well, the National Guard has been wearing their uniforms, but then the, a nurse will come out wearing, you know, like what looks like a hazmat suit, gives you the swab. And you swab your nose, and then you put it back in the thing, and then you give it back to him, and you leave. You don't even have to get out of your vehicle. Or you can order online a test and have it done with a doctor through a Zoom call, where it's like a spit test. And I was like, um, no, I'm never doing that. That is weird. Number one. Number two, it's ridiculous, but now the Department of Health stopped doing it because there's so many people, they're getting so many people that are having to do it weekly that you can just go to Walmart and buy an at-home test kit and it's 15 minutes and you get your result. So my principal was wanting to know, or actually it was a superintendent, wanting to know yesterday how we were going to take our test this week. And uh, he came into my room and he asked me, and um, I didn't know what to say at first because I haven't been taking the test. Uh, so I just said, oh, I'm going to do the Department of Health one. And that was it. And that was Monday. And today's Tuesday. Nobody has mentioned any, like, I was supposed to get my results. Like I said, it takes 15 minutes because they... They, the principals have a list of who is required to do the weekly testing so that when you show up to do your test, they know who to expect. That's what um, happened yesterday, and I, I didn't do it, and I'm not, I mean, it's been over three weeks since Grisha made that, that mandate, and I haven't done it since then. I really wanted to, I tried to fight when we came back in April. She made it required to do, they call it surveillance testing. I don't, you may have heard it called that. I'm not sure, but it was quote unquote random when really your name came up out by, based on alphabetical order. And when your name came up, you had to go take your test. And that was in April of 2021 when we came back full time. Now it was a condition of 
being in school full time, if we want to do this, we have to take our tests. If we want to do, if we want to go back to school, we have to wear our masks every day if we want to. So I, I tried to fight it at first because I thought it was just plain unconstitutional. And um, I talked to a colleague who felt this, a similar way, and she said, well, I, I'm going to go ahead and give in and do it because I know when the, the vaccine comes out, that's a fight that I'm willing to fight. And I, I thought, okay, I, that makes sense. So I, I, did, I ended up doing the surveillance testing, the random testing, and that took place up until... I mean, we even had to do it if you were teaching summer school. So I did teach summer school. In fact, I don't even remember doing it in summer school. But if you were teaching summer school, you had to get the test done in summer school as well. So we did that up until September now, where it's weekly. Um, and I agree. I there's, I, I feel like it's going to be at a point where the jab will be mandated and that's there's already they're already doing it at the hospitals i mean if you look online for a job around here everything is either a cdl driver or a nurse because all the nurses are quitting because they don't want to take the jab and i i just feel like um the public education department and the quote-unquote health secretary and MLG are going, are, it's not going to be far behind. Anything that New York does or California does, New Mexico is not very far behind. So we kind of always just keep an eye on California and then because we kind of know, oh, well, okay, well, here we go. We're coming up next. And the National Guard is there helping administer these tests? Yes, because they can't, I don't, I don't know why, but it, I mean, they're, they're kids and the, the national guard comes out and he gets your name and he gets your, your little QVR code. And then they bring out the nurse or whoever it is that gives you this, the swab. Is this also the kind of test, of course, that's scraping the back of your brain pan? No, it's just... You just stick it up your nose just a little bit, and you just, you go around, and and then you. It was the mouth, and now it's the nose, but it's not the the lobotomy. Because it's all fraudulent. I mean, we know that. <laughs> right, right. None of it means right. anything. You can stick it in a can of coke, and it'll test positive. Yeah. And nobody seems yeah, to I care. Mean, Even the National Guard apparently doesn't give a damn that it's fraudulent. Well, and like I said, they're kids, so I don't know. I mean, the kids are just doing what they're told. We do have, um, in our community, we do have a Border Patrol training facility, and they're they're telling those kids to go and get it. Those, you know, those kids, and I say kids, but anybody that's 10 years younger than me is a kid. So, and I, you know, so they're telling those Men, young men and women who are training to be border patrol agents to get the jab. And they're, they don't know any better. I mean, maybe they do. Maybe they're, oh, I really want to do this, you know, for my career. So I'm just going to do it. 
and it's happening. What's the, let me ask you about the, um, well, it's kind of in the same vein, I guess, back with what I was kind of mentioning regarding the mask wearing a little bit. Because one of the things that has always been a focus of mine throughout my time being a human, <laughs> which has been 40 years, is the, is the frame of mind of students. Have you watched the frame of mind or frames of minds of students, so to speak, um, be negatively impacted as a result of all of this? Oh, absolutely. That's, I mean, that's part of the, the child abuse thing, the lockdown. Um, New Mexico's depression and anxiety and suicide rate skyrocketed in 2020. In 2020, New Mexico became the state with the highest suicide rate. And I, I mean, I think that speaks to a lot of, I think that speaks volumes to how things have been ran by the governor. One of the unfortunate trends that I'm starting to hear now is a lot of people, in particular educators and administrators and so on and so forth, are blaming TikTok videos as being the reason why students are acting out, quote unquote, or behaving in a particular way that seems irrational to them. And they, of course, as most schools tend to, they tend to never take any personal responsibility for anything. And they always look to blame countless other things, whether it be, again, culture or something on social media or something on television or parents or whatever it is. And they never seem to think that it's their own actions that are causing students to act irrationally, uh, you know, among, you know, w within the environment. I mean, are, are, are you seeing, are you seeing them make excuses for, for student behavior and has student discipline been a problem? Um, you know what? I never thought about it, but now that you mention it, yes. And I, and I hear it daily. Oh, well, you know, I mean, if you think about these second graders, the current second graders who really haven't been in school since the last quarter of their kindergarten year. So, and then my third graders some of them are still, some of them don't even know the days of the week. Some of them, um, the very first week of school, were learning how to spell their last name. So, and I, and I, now that you mention it, I do hear that a lot. And I hear, well, they really weren't, they missed a whole year of school. So they really kind of don't know how to behave. They really don't have a, a structure they haven't had a structure so I, yeah so yes i have heard that yeah they're very quick to blame others not themselves is is essentially what i'm saying you know they they think that the school environment is the only place where they can learn right uh, speaking of that, leading into the into the parental aspect of it, um, what's your communication been like with parents throughout this entire process? Are they all brainwashed, or are you meeting parents that are fully awake and know exactly what's going on and can see all of this for being the horseshit that it is? I'm not. I don't. I'm not sure exactly, but I will tell you that the for Meet the Teacher Day this year, 
in the beginning of August, you know, we got the message masks are required to enter. Well, I, my, my, my parents came in, my students came in. I didn't have my mask on. They did by the end of the half hour, whatever it was, they were off. So I feel like they saw, I feel like maybe they were a little bit relieved because I was the only one not wearing my mask for teach meet the teacher day. Good for you, by the way. Yeah. I mean, I, and I, I came into it knowing I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not doing it. That was a, something that I kind of bargained with last year, but I, I'm not doing it this year. I'm done with the child abuse. I'm done with the psychological abuse, like abuse. I'm, and so, but I don't, I don't communicate with parents about it. Um, I don't feel like it's really my place. Um, like I said, I, you can kind of tell what parents based on just the behavior of the kid or, you know, things that the kids says that they know exactly what's going on or they are, they're gone entirely brainwashed and they're not coming back. So just kind of observation, I think. But, but you even say that you're experiencing now more parental pushback in a positive way now more, more so than ever. Oh yes. Um, the past two school board meetings, there have been more parents and teachers that I've seen ever. And the crazy thing about this is my husband and I are both are, if there's anything we learn from this whole situation, it's that local, local government, if you really want to make a difference, it, it's, you have to be involved in local government. I would have never thought I would be going to city council meetings. I would be going to school board meetings, even as an, as an educator. I, you know, I, that's something that you don't really, I never knew how much the school board and the city council actually had, how much they actually had responsibility of and control of. And so these past two school board meetings, there have been so many parents and teachers very, very upset. And they give, you know, they give time for everybody to speak. And there was a lot of things. I had the, the one in August, I had just left. <clears throat> I left to come and help um, put my own children to bed. But I guess I left at the right moment because after that, there was some parents who really let it out. Well, all you care about is football. Shut up and play. Shut up and play. Um, which, to an extent, is true. Um, the football team got brand new uniforms, which I know they have boosters and donors. And the football team got brand new uniforms this year, and teachers across the state got a 1% raise. Um, and normally, my district gives us a little bit of a raise to add on to that. We didn't get anything, just the 1% raise from, from Grisham that she gave us. And the football team got brand new uniforms. Um, so that one hurt a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like more parents are waking up to what is actually going on and wanting to hold the school board responsible 
and which they should. And they have said, oh, well, we've tried to get local control. We've fought and we fought and we fought, but she won't give it to us, which she won't. She does not. Michelle Lou Hungerson does not want to give up the control. And she's she won't. And so there's a lawsuit where um, my district just decided to join along with 18 other school districts across the state against the public education department to gain back that local control. And there's 87 school districts in the state. Um, And so we, I mean, we need, we need probably a quarter. We probably need 25 at least school districts to, to, to even have a chance, I think. Because, you know, everybody knows that the judges are in her back pocket and every, the, the whole system, like we know, is corrupt. So, I mean, we're just praying for that, that lawsuit and that other districts join it. And it was a small, it felt like a small victory when our district decided to join. And I feel like we got a little bit of momentum and then we... <sighs> We got it sucked back when, when we had to start start doing the weekly testing. So, are you aware of? And this isn't a pop quiz or anything, because I'm going to read it to you if you're unaware. But are you aware of the amount of ESSER money that your state, that New Mexico, is receiving? I have no idea. I do know that I don't know if it's the ESSER money, but I do know that it's the I call it the COVID money. Yep. Because that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, COVID cash. Our district's getting five million dollars, and they sent out a survey to parents and um, educators. How do you think we should spend this this five million dollars? So it kind of bugged a little a little bit where they would ask us how we should spend money, but they never asked us, do you think we should mandate masks or make them optional? I mean, it was, why are they asking about this when what really matters is this other thing? If, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And I, I gave suggestions. I sent the superintendent an email and I said, this is how I feel. You should spend that money. And I don't, I mean, they're going to do whatever they want to, but as far as the Esther money, I don't, I don't know. Uh, You know, and I tried, you mentioned that, is the ncsl.org or is it NSC? Yeah, I've got it pulled up right here. Let me, let me read it off real quick. For New Mexico, there's Esther 1, Esther 2, Esther 3, and the number, (laughs) and the number increases. Um, Your Esther 1 money for New Mexico is $108,574,786. The ESSER 2 money is $435,938,638. And then the ESSER 3 money is $979,056,256. Wow. And again, a lot of it is going into the back pockets of lots of people 
a right. lot a lot of it is going into up you know um, foundational upgrades for schools leaky roofs new AC units whatever I mean it's the largest oh. it's the largest money laundering scheme that's ever occurred in the history of American education yeah we had to get as part of our um, going back to school we had to get new what are they called? The HVAC. There you go. They went through it. Yes. Um, the state, every, everybody in the state had to update their HVAC systems. Um, that was one of our terms for going back to school um, fully. Unfortunately, some of it is also going into 5G. I don't know how familiar you are with 5G and what 5G is and what 5G does to people. I'm not too familiar with it. I know you talk about it a, a lot, but I'm not really familiar with it. I I do know that I've noticed T-Mobile seems to be popping up everywhere. Yeah, one, the, I don't... one of the weird things that happened in the spring of 2020, not an accident, by the way, but... A lot of people were taking undercover video footage, just even driving by these schools that were completely closed, no teachers, no students, and sure enough, there's 5G companies and cable vans popping up within these empty schools, implementing, you know, putting up 5G towers right next to the schools, um, running new cable lines into schools, you name it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's radioactive. You take a Geiger meter up to a 5G tower, it'll it'll shoot off the charts. Hmm. And then, of course, they're filling all the schools with wireless laptop computers, right? And putting iPads uh, right in the groins of every of every elementary school student. Yes, we we just got one to one everybody in my school. Yeah. So all the students have their uh, Microsoft surfaces. There you go. <clears throat> And I, you know, it's just in case we need, to, just in case we need it, just in case we need it, well, we're going to be shut down. I mean, people don't think that it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. She's going to shut us down in, if not, I don't think this year, but it's going to be 2022 because she needs those mail-in ballots to get reelected. No joke. And people, people just. People don't believe me when I say that. So when I was setting up my classroom and I just, my heart was not really in it. And I, I just felt like this is all for nothing. Grisham's going to shut us down again and I'm going to be here in empty classroom again. This is a waste of my time. But it's, I mean, it's going to happen. I, I, I think you're right. And I want to get, I want to get into that toward the end a little bit. But I want to revisit one, one, one other thing before I ask you a few other things, too. Um, and you may have already touched on this, so my apologies if I'm repeating myself. What, what Ballpark, what percentage of your entire staff within your building or you think within your district has been jabbed? Oh, gosh. Like I said, um, I know of only four in my building. There could be more, but... That's only four that I know of. So that's probably, I don't know, we probably have 30 staff members. As far as the district. 
four that are or aren't jabbed? Mm, that are. Um, that's a really hard question. I would say 20% that are. Really? Not very many. There's not very many. I don't, I don't know. You know what? That's interesting because you did mention in your email that New Mexico, you said, is the least jabbed state of any state in the United States. And I, I didn't forgive me because I didn't research that, but that I, I heard that from somebody that's a pretty reliable source. That's all right. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, don't quote me on that because I don't, I don't know. And I, I could, I could, I could venture to guess that your colleges and universities are pretty well jabbed. Isn't that right? Yes. Yep. Yep. They are. Um, I, I, I think they're requiring it. And if not, then they might be submitting students to the weekly testing as well. I do know that I have a colleague whose daughter plays, she got a scholarship for um, softball at one of the universities and um, they will not let her on the field of some of these schools that they go to because she hasn't, she's not jabbed. Wow. You can't even go on the field. <laughs> it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's like the on-deck circle is contagious. Right. Yeah. I mean... The sports, I don't know if you, if anybody has ever really talked to you about this, but New Mexico, we were playing baseball in June, you know, because they, the shutdowns had pushed back the sports. So we were sitting at baseball games in 110 degrees heat with these kids and masks on their faces. As they're playing the game. Yes. And they were... And the softball, and I, softball teams couldn't, softball teams would ride the bus together, but they couldn't touch the same bat. Or now what they're doing is if you go out of town, whereas in 2020, you weren't allowed to go out of town at all because you couldn't um, stay overnight. But now if you go out of town, you have to get one room per athlete. So, like, if you have a football team that has 70 boys and you go out of town you to, to stay overnight, you each, each athlete gets his own room. So you're talking, plus the coaches, so you're talking 75, 80 rooms in a hotel. There's your restaurant money right there. Maybe. You may be right. Um, what a waste. There's not hotels big enough. There's not enough hotels. That is the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard of. Among other things. But Let me ask you about the contact tracing. Because the contact tracing bullshit is one of those things that is, is beyond out of hand. Um, and just locally with a document that was tossed my way from, I'll call her an, a local insider that I, that I communicate with from time to time, um, just where we live, 
they have, I mean, they are actually, and I even talked with this person today, face-to-face, -face, they, they are... They are tracking down. The administration is working 100% of the time on tracking down students and staff who have been three feet away from somebody who tested positive. Even if the person is not sick and has no symptoms, but they took one of these fraudulent tests and then all hell breaks loose. So what they're doing is, is they're actually having these teachers quarantine anywhere from 7 to 14 days just because they had a student in their class who tested positive. And then all of those teachers of that student are leaving school and getting paid. And then all the other teachers that are remaining are having to cover for the other teachers that are have decided to be out of school because, again, as I've said on the podcast, if you give a lazy teacher a snow day, They'll take five, you know, yep. e even when it's not snowing outside and it's 90 degrees out. So, I mean, I have to assume that your school district and school districts in New Mexico are, are doing, are, are acting in such a, a ludicrous way as well. Is that not oh, correct? That is absolutely correct. In fact, the quarantine period used to be 10 days. Now it's 20. Damn. And I don't know why we went backwards. I mean, so we have my, one of my partners um, ha currently has two that are out. And quarantine is another word that I hate. It's another word that. Agreed. Has come in the vocabulary that is just, I hate it. So anyway, um, I have, my colleague has currently has two out. Um, yes, they are absolutely doing the contact tracing and in 2020, when we came back to school, it was a student or a teacher test positive in your classroom. The whole classroom is out for, you know, the period of 10 days, I think is what it was. Well, now what they're doing is in order to avoid quote unquote contact tracing, you have your desks three feet apart. Um, everybody wears their mask. So I, like I said, my, most of the students in my class don't wear it all day. My desks are not three feet apart. My desks are touching. My tests are in groups. I tried rows. That was just, it was already the middle of the quarter. And I think the honeymoon period was over. The rows didn't work. We went back to groups. The desks are touching. I knock on wood. I have not had one student out. We did a couple weeks after school started. Now, something you should know is my principal and the superintendent are, everybody around here is related. They're either brothers-in-law or their cousins or something like that. Um, so they're very close. Nepotism. So, so a couple of weeks after school started, my principal had sent out a text um, saying, I, now more than ever, our parents are trusting us, blah, 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 you know, blah, blah, blah. So I went through and I moved things around. 
And so when you go, that was on a Sunday, I believe. So when you go back to work on Monday, your desks are spaced. And so that we can avoid, quote unquote, the contact tracing. Because if you test positive, if you're wearing your mask and if you're three feet apart or, you know, the social distancing, you don't have to, you're not considered a close contact. So that's what they're telling us now. Absolutely. Oh, and they, I mean, they have the the dots in the hallway. The children sit at the same table every day for lunch. Um, The dots in some classrooms, like, you know, like the ancillary classrooms, like the music class, you know. Um, I never did that. I mean, I've, I just, I saw a kid the other day stick his hand down his pants and then grab his cereal with the same hand. So nice. (laughs) I mean, and they're worried about this. (laughs) They're worried about this virus that children are very, very, very low risk of even catching when this kid just picked his butt and then ate a cereal. Classic. I mean, it's ridiculous. Classic. <laughs> Just classic. I love it. <laughs> and how many, how many, yeah, Billy, Billy, you know that- <laughs> Billy, your mask is slipping below your nose. Yes. Yeah. Please put it back on. <laughs> you're going right. to catch COVID. <laughs> I love it. And you know, what's funny is my, I've heard some students say like my students, I think, they kind of joke about it. Oh, you're going to catch the Rona. They call it the Rona. That's awesome. You're going to catch the Rona. Oh, if you cough. Oh, you got the Rona. I mean, it's just a joke because they're kids and it is a joke. I mean, I, I heard one student of my own in my classroom say, wow, this teacher's the best. She canceled the masks. So I thought, well, I'm winning there. That's a good thing. Yeah. So, and the and I mean, God bless them. The fact that they can see it for what it is, or a great deal of them, hopefully, can see it for what it is. But man, it really does make you feel bad for the ones that don't, doesn't it? Right, it does. Yeah. I mean, the little kids that have parents that are home, hosing them down and spraying them with God knows what, you know, and saying, "Don't touch this person. Don't touch that person. Don't even look at them because the virus could make its way into your eyeballs." You know, with with uh, with direct eye contact. I mean, it's insane. I I went to Walmart. I guess I try to avoid Walmart, but they have diapers, so I I go there if I need diapers. But anyway, they the cashier. She was a nice older lady, and this wasn't too long ago, so it wasn't twenty twenty. She she had said she had mentioned something. I can't remember what was in my cart that reminded her of it, but. She said something about, I, I saw this, oh, it was a sippy cup. I bought a pack of, a a pair of sippy cups. And she said, I had a, I had a mom the other day come in and she bought these sippy cups and she, um, she had her child who I'm assuming was an infant in the car seat surrounded by a sheet of plastic and you may have seen people like this. Their their child is in the car seat or in the stroller, 
and they have some sort of plastic barrier, an infant. And the woman, that woman, I think, kind of knows what's going on because she kind of joked about it. She was like, well, I'm not sure if that's really going to work. So, I mean, being as conservative as we are, we do have people that are driving around by themselves wearing the mask. Um, That's that's not going to go away. No matter where you're at, so. Let, let me, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. It's completely insane, and, and it doesn't shock me that you would find somebody like that out in public. It's like the people that walk around wearing the face shield. Yes. Over their face. Uh, oh, we, we tried those. They gave us those in the beginning of, of August 2020. 20, uh, 20, they gave us those face shields. It's incredible. Which look absurd. Of, yeah. of, of course. And one of the funnier ones that I've seen, and I saw this last summer, and I couldn't believe that I was actually having a conversation with a human being that was wearing one of these, but it was one of these little clip things that clips on top of their nose. It looks like um, it looks like an oxygen mask, but it just clips over top of their nose. It's clear, and it just hangs over top of their nose and over top of their mouth. And that's it. It's, I, the, it's the size I, of the palm of your hand. I think I've seen that too. Yeah, it's absurd. But they, again, they, they wear it because they're like, well, I don't want to wear a mask and I don't want a full face shield because that looks ridiculous. So this looks way better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying to myself, do you own a mirror? I mean, look in the mirror and then make a decision because you look crazy. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, let me ask you this, because this is getting into the weeds a little here uh, regarding this specific topic. Um, although given the tone of, of the people that are in your district, I would assume that this hasn't even crossed anybody's minds, but has anybody considered anything that's happening with the people who are already jabbed and how they being around the unjabbed might make the unjabbed sick? Oh, absolutely not. Nope. Um, You know where I'm going with that, of course, right? I do. My husband, actually, he, quote-unquote, tested positive about a month ago, um, and I was supposed to report being a close contact, which I did not. Sweet. (laughs) Broke the law there. Um, Lock her up. (laughs) but we were we were him and I both feel like we went all of 2020 being exposed never getting sick when all of a sudden there's these this this shot that comes out and these people at our our places of work have received the shot and we are around these people every day and then my husband gets sick Um, no, people are not, people do not, and you can't explain to these people that, oh, the hospitals are full because the, the jabbed are getting sick. They don't understand. They don't think that's really happening. Because of course they're Uh, already, they're blaming the unjabbed as being the problem. Yeah. No, they. That has not. I don't think that's even been on the radar at all. Radar at all. 
and I, 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 so, so it was, um, yeah, about a month ago he got sick and then I have never had any symptoms. Um, he, he, there's very few doctors around here that will treat it. They are, I know of um, two people at least, just acquaintances that have passed away because they were put on a ventilator and not treated. Um, and so he went to a doctor that was, he's a direct care doctor and he gave him hydroxychloroquine and zinc and D3 and a Z pack. And, um, he said, if you feel better, after taking the Z pack, you can stop. Or if you feel better after taking the hydroxy, you can stop. So he took both until, and I've been ever since then. I've been taking the zinc and the vitamin D three every day. But I, I mean, I feel like I would have had to start showing symptoms, and I worry about. I mean, I'm not. I hate to say worry because I'm fear is but I don't want to get sick either by being around these people. But I mean, we're both pretty healthy. So talk a little bit about what your opinions are on homeschooling and, and what you've seen or heard regarding homeschooling in your area and the potential uh, uptick or interest in that. Well, I, I kind of, I was always against homeschooling just because I didn't, I don't see myself staying at home. You know, some people are made for that and I don't feel like I am, but I am totally 100% guaranteeing that our two sons will not be attending public school, whether that's private school or homeschooling. Our oldest will be four next month. And so, I mean, we still have a couple of years until figure out what to do and I'm willing to I'm willing to stay home and do that I I haven't heard a lot about homeschooling I know there's a few I do know I do know of one but I I mean I haven't talked to a lot of people that are homeschooling um we are trying to open up a private school and there's one opening up about 30 miles away and they're currently hiring for teachers next year which I will be putting in for. Um, but I, I know that last year our district, we're very close to Texas. So we are about two hours away from Lubbock, but you gain an hour. So it's about three. We're about three hours away from Lubbock, Texas. Um, so people go there on the weekends. It's like the cool place to be. Um, so last year in 2020, our district lost 138 students, whether they either moved to Lubbock or they just quit and started homeschooling or started attending a private school. So um, I, I am telling people, which I never thought I would, being a teacher, please think about private school or homeschooling 
Um, I have a friend who her she has a son who's autistic, and then an, another a daughter who's first grade. She is homeschooling her first grader. And I said, I'm 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 glad I'm glad you're taking that step. I wish more parents would. I'm a hundred percent on board with it. And I know it would be a, a learning process if that's the route we decide to go. So they, I mean, the district lost 138 students last year. And so that's $9,000 per student. Wow. And they brag about, they brag about, well, look, we have more students enrolled now than we did uh, at some point last year. Well, where are these people coming from? Do they understand that? New Mexico is a crap show. Like, why are people... But I think a lot of our area is transient just because we have, like, oil field and... Transient, really. Are they illegal? Are they illegals? I think some of them are, yes. Um, We do have... um, Some of the Afghan, quote-unquote, refugees are being housed... Uh, close by. But, but they brag about, oh, we have, we have these, we, our numbers are up. Well, no, they're not really, because these, these kids are going to be gone by the spring. Yeah, I, uh, you've heard me say it on the podcast a thousand times. They're destroying themselves and they don't seem to care. No. I'm a 100% advocate for homeschool or a private school if you can find a good private school and a good homeschool curriculum. And I, I told my both my sisters, um, looks like CRT is going to be coming in next year. You need to find some alternatives or I don't know. I mean. You said critical race theory is law there now, right? Yes. Yep. Legislative session 2021. It was signed into law. It's, they call it the social studies curriculum. That's, that's what it's called. And it looked like when I read about it on the PED website, it looked like it was going to be mandated. So it looked like that districts weren't going to have a choice, but I do know that our district and our superintendent said, we're not going to do that. That's not what we're about. That's not who our community is. And I hope he stands by that. I really do. Because if he doesn't, and if the school board decides to adopt this um, indoctrination next year, then I'm, I'm really not good. That's really it for me. There's one of the interview questions for you to ask the private school. Oh, I already emailed her. I emailed her yesterday. Yeah. She said they're Christian-based. They are funded by nonprofits. They even have on their website an American flag. Um, it Bla- says faith-based, freedom-based. <laughs> yeah. So. That's good. Yep. 
let me ask you two more questions if it's okay and then again anything else you want to add please do um, the first is what do you think well actually let me ask you three more because I, 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 I want to mention this earlier you, you mentioned Maslow's hierarchy of needs and this is something that I've hit on on a semi-regular basis on the podcast and just want to get your take and, and get your opinion on it all of the things, of course, that we've read about and learned when we were growing up on, you know, what it meant to be a school teacher and the old research that existed and the research papers and the books and the whatever. And given how all of that is now gone, and by gone I mean completely ignored as if it was never even written and none of it ever matters and none of it is fact and it's all just a giant lie because now, you know, COVID and all that nonsense. Um, what are your th what what are your thoughts on watching all of that centuries old proven research on how people teach and how people are supposed to learn just disappear? Yeah, it's incredible. It's it's uh, I mean that's it's incredible. It is nothing is based on fact anymore. Nothing is based on research. And um, you come to public school and you are a cog in the wheel, and you, you're a number. And this whole experience has taught me that you you're really not cared about. I mean, you have there's good teachers. You, you have there's good educators who actually love what they do and they love you as a student, but, but it's, it's amazing that it's, it's not, there's no, I mean, people in New Mexico, you could have a degree in underwater basket weaving and be a teacher because you can get an alternative license. I mean, that kind of tells you how much we are. And we've always been, as far as I remember, We've always been 50th in education. Oh, we're 49th now. Um, you know, when it, when, when it would change, but I, I, I don't know why. I, I don't. I, I don't know why. I, I remember seeing a story, and I, I want to say it was New Mexico, but it may not have been. I'm certain it was a state. It was certainly a state out west, but... They were hiring foreigners to be school teachers. Yes. No, that is New Mexico. My, my grandma housed some of them. Yeah. Like the from, Philippines. There you go, the um, Philippines. That's where I was going. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And my mom and my dad, um, my the house that I grew up in, they turned it into a, an Airbnb. And some of those teachers have been staying there. It's incredible. Yeah, it really is. All right, let me ask you this then. And this is my second to last question. Um, what do you think is, is something that's going on, again, whether it has to do with students, education as a whole, what have you, that isn't being talked about enough that you're hearing about or seeing or even just feeling? As far as? Anything. You... Anything regarding education. Is there something out there that you that you think isn't being talked about enough? I... I, I'm kind of going to go back to the homeschool thing. I think people kind of always see that as a, 
oh, well, you homeschool your kids, you're weird. Um, I think public education is kind of put on a pedestal and, um, I mean, you talk about sports all the time and how they're innocuous, basically. Um, I, I think, I mean, I've been teaching, this is my ninth year and I have noticed a shift in the parenting styles just in the nine years education is not seen as important and if you come to if you come home with homework you don't have to turn it in um it's impossible to get a hold of parents they're always changing their numbers i think that's one of the things that grandparents are raising their grandchildren and it a colleague and I were talking about it just last week. She's been teaching, I, th- I think, 18 years. She, She's like, I, I need to start thinking about another career. I don't have anything else. My master's is in reading. I feel like we're just, I feel like we're just babysitters. And I, I feel like that shift has taken place even more so now, like currently. I mean, um. Recently, even since I've been teaching in nine years, and I, I, I wish that more people would emphasize it's okay if you go to a trade school, it's okay if you don't go to college, college is not for everybody, and I wish that was more okay, I guess if I could say. I don't feel like it's it's one of those things that's as important as getting a college education. Yeah, I, I agree with you, a hundred percent. Let me ask you this then. This is this is all I have. And again, if there's anything else that you want to add, please go for it. Um, I love I love making educated guesses and making predictions, you know, based on the evidence and doing whatever I can to see the landscape a particular way and then, you know, calling shots. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. If I'm right, fine. Um, In particular, if it just alerts somebody and wakes somebody up to what might go on. But um, do you have any predictions as to what might happen here in the future regarding, again, any, any of this that's going on politically? I don't see election integrity well. Let me rephrase. I think a lot of people have woken up to the importance of election integrity. And I I think the United States is blowing itself up from the inside out, but that's purposeful. And if people don't wake up and realize what's happening, then we won't. It's going to be a third world country. And I, I, I don't think anything is going to change unless we we get some serious change locally, as far as election integrity and because we're always going to have those. I mean, New Mexico uses those Dominion machines. Yeah, so, I, I do. So, so do we. Yes, and I. I will say we have a, a, a guy that's running for governor. He ran for 
was it county commissioner in a um, pretty blue county and he won and he was reelected and he made that county a sanctuary county for uh, amendment to a so I think it's out I think people are aware now of what's going on but I think people more than ever have to be active so predictions my hope is that these people get arrested and indicted and tried and thrown in prison for all these criminal acts they have done is that a prediction I don't think so in the near future um but I, as far as I don't see anything changing, like I said, the masks aren't going to go away. The testing's not going to go away and the jab is not going to go away and the jab mandates aren't going away. It's, it's by design and it's happening quicker than they wanted it to. I mean, my prayer is that we don't end up socialists, but we have to, I think we kind of have to prepare if, you know, crap hits the fan which you never know. I don't know. Hopefully I answered your question. No, you, you, you did. Let me ask you two, let me ask you two branch off questions off of, off of that. The first of course is just education. Do you think, do you see things shutting down in the future regarding education again? Um, in particular as a result of the jab getting ill? I don't, I don't think they're going to say that that's the problem. But yes, I do see um, schools shutting down because they can't find, even now, my school has limited limited substitutes because people have been out. Yesterday, we had the nurse fill in for the secretary. I mean, that's how bad things are. Because they're they're jammed? Some of them are. We had one that was, and she, she... uh, tested positive and she was out for two weeks and she said oh my, my symptoms were just mild okay well why did you even get it I mean but I don't think they're good they're not gonna say schools are shut down because the the jabbed are sick they're not gonna say schools are shut down because we don't have enough teachers right. it's gonna be like you have even said I think it was last week Schools are shutting down because of the rising cases, and that's it's never going to be back to normal. Just like my my friend said today, and I said it's never going back to normal. She can retire this year. Um, she could have retired last year, but edu- public education is never going to be the same the way that it was in 2019. Your kids are always going to have to wear a mask, and um. I mean, some some states and some districts, they're going to have to get the jab. And it's up to you. As a parent, where do you draw the line? And just to be a parent, um, be aware of what's going on. I don't think it's ever going to be the same. And I, I plan on getting out as quickly as I can. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.